This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Saturday Squiz is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. In Saturday Squiz this week, Claire, big, big topic, of course, the voice referendum. Yeah, it doesn't get much bigger than that when it comes to the news this week, but there's plenty of other big topics as well. So we'll get you across those. As we always do. And a couple of recommendations for your weekend. Let's get into it. Larissa, it is so good to have you back on the mic. You've been back at work for almost a month, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Really. It's only taken us that long to get you back <laughs> on a podcast. I know we sort of had a, instructions that that wasn't going to be the case, but here we are. The best intentions. But Kate is off on a well-deserved break. So hi, Kate. Hope you're having a good time. <laughs> uh, I've got my coffee yep. and ready to go with the Saturday Squiz. I'm excited. I've absolutely loved listening to it. So it's fun to be on the mic. Yeah, it's really good to have you here. And look, we've already had some comments because we had you on Shortcuts <laughs> yeah. earlier this week. And one of my favourites that came through in the email was, uh, it's so good to hear Larissa's voice. I was just wondering how she was going last <laughs> week. <laughs> God, squizzes are the best. I know. Uh, if you were wanting to know, probably chiselling cold porridge off my breakfast table because <laughs> I forgot to clean it in the morning. That's how I was going yeah. on parental leave. Kids will do that too. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's get into it though. Claire, the most clicked squiz today newsletter link this week was our survey of our readers and listeners on The Voice and the referendum. But we're going to be talking a heap about The Voice a bit later. So let's get into our second most clicked link and you take this one away because that kind of freaked me out. Yeah, an enormous carpet python in Queensland. It was going from the roof of someone's home into a tree that was just next to that. And the snake is about five metres long, they reckon, when you The experts had a look at exactly what that footage entailed. It's utterly terrifying, but I'm sure if you like snakes, it's really beautiful, maybe. Mm, And we're not those people, so (laughs) I reckon there's a reason they're called nope ropes. uh, I love that term. (laughs) Big fat no from me. It is just huge. The video Mm. was posted on TikTok. It went viral. Millions of views around the world, probably cementing that feeling that Australia is an absolutely cooked place when it comes to wildlife. Um, I'll pop a link to that one in your episode notes if you haven't had a chance to uh, see it and you want to get a good dose of fear into your weekend. Mm. Um, But Claire, let's get into the news. No prizes for the biggest story of the week that came down to Prime Minister Anthony Albanese's announcement for the date for the referendum. Yep, the date, 14th of October. Uh, I think we'll agree with all the pundits who were on that as an obvious date. It certainly was. And look, everyone said a fair bit about the obvious stuff about what the cases are really outlying, but what's also starting to become a bit clearer, the mechanics of the campaigns. Mm. Yeah, and that's because what's about to unfold is essentially a political campaign. Albanese has said that it's going to look like an election, so let's wrap our heads around that. Yeah, and probably a really good diving off point is funding. Mm. Uh, you'll remember, the money. Yeah, because <laughs> campaigns need money. Mm-hmm. You'll remember that there was a long debate leading up to this about government funding for the yes and no cases. Albanese said he didn't want to do that and as a result there is no public funding for the yes and no cases. 
Um, that just means that the campaigns need to use donations. Some of Australia's richest families and their philanthropic foundations have pledged millions of dollars to the Yes campaign. It's important to note there's not one Yes group, there are several, and there's quite a bit of coordination though between them. The lead group uh, is Yes 23. That's co-chaired by Rachel Perkins and Daniel Gilbert. Yeah, it's the same for the No side, a group of organisations and the most prominent one there in the No campaign is Fair Australia. It's an arm of a conservative lobby group that's called Advance. They get involved in elections as well and the coalition's Jacinta Napanjimpa Price, she's Fair Australia's spokeswoman. Claire, I uh, do a bit in social media despite not knowing that you couldn't put a link on a reel. <laughs> if you saw me on Instagram the other day doing my first reel, a bit rusty. And when you say you do a bit of social media like it's part of your core task. <laughs> part of my job. Uh, generally not being in front of the camera though yeah, but exactly I'm always interested in looking how people are spending on social this is the first referendum in the digital age so that's interesting for starters but mm. it is playing out like an election campaign there's a lot to do with advertising and transparency when it comes to political messaging on social. If you run campaigns on Facebook, Insta, well, Meta, I guess, uh, Snapchat, they have to have an authorization message so that they can be fact-checked, they can be removed if false, so that's mm. happening. TikTok doesn't run political ads, so you won't see paid ads for political campaigns on TikTok. You'll see, obviously, lots of people doing their own TikToks about it. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to look at who's running what, spending what and where. Facebook actually gives you all that information if you ever want to have a snoop around. Just search for the Meta Ads Library. The Yes23 group, they've spent nearly $780,000 in the last 90 days. Advance Australia, as we mentioned before, they're funding the No campaign. They've spent around forty-eight, nearly 49000 in the last 90 days. So that's a look at kind of the money that is being spent to get their messages out. Mm. Also interesting just quickly to have a look at where they're spending. So we'll obviously I think over the next couple of weeks be looking at where people are in their campaign. So that's pretty interesting too. Yeah, it is interesting and we're already seeing a little bit of analysis from the media around where Anthony Albanese and where Peter Dutton are spending their time as a reflection of the states that potentially are a bit soft that maybe they could get across to their state. Yeah, so the No campaign are spending big in Queensland and Western Australia, a little bit in mm. South Australia. And the Yes campaign are spending in New South Wales and Vic and then moving on to Queensland and WA. Mm. About 14% of their spend is left for South Australia and Tasmania. Good analysis, Larissa Moore. Thank you for that. That's so interesting. Shout out to The Conversation. They're doing a running fortnightly catch up on that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, good yeah, stuff. Good thing to keep an eye on. Going to be lots of angles to this over the coming weeks. Oh, yeah. On to what we've been talking about this week. Claire, this is something that you, Kate, and I were having a chat about with Kate in the office before she went on leave, and that's the presence of the US up in the Northern Territory. Now, this sort of uh, came off the news about that helicopter crash on mm. Melville Island on Sunday that left three US Marines dead and the 20 other people on board, all US Marines, were injured. They were involved in a training exercise which brought together 2,500 troops from the US, Australia, the Philippines, East Timor and Indonesia. Two and a half thousand troops is a lot to bring together. Yeah, for those exercises and then when you actually get into what that sort of almost permanent kind of stationing of those US Marines in the Northern Territory, um, they've been going on for 12 years or mm. so now. Um, so it's something that's been going on for a while and the recent Defence Strategic Review, there was a confirmation that North Australia is important to our defence um, but also it's very important to Americas and our allies uh, when it comes to managing 
navigating all those ups and downs in the relationships that we have in the Indo-Pacific. What a diplomatic way to say China, Claire. (laughs) It really is, isn't it? (laughs) That Indo-Pacific region. I guess just to get to the extent of America's military presence in our north, we host annual rotations of the US Rotational Force um, in Darwin during the dry season. So that's 2,500 Marines Mm. heading up there. Last year, there were also 2,200 US personnel here for combined training with the Australian Defence Force in the Territory. Yeah, and under that strategic review, the plan is for more Mm. and for more to be stationed there. Um, There are plans for US Air Force bombers, for example, to be based there. Um, That's also going to cost some money to upgrade facilities because these are big bits of equipment and we just don't have, for example, the runways, quite literally the runway for them to land and take off from. So lots of money to be spent on facilities. But the facilities part is the interesting thing because there's an issue that keeps coming up. The port of Darwin is being leased by a Chinese firm called Landbridge. Yeah, for 99 years as well. Yeah, it comes back into Australian hands and this date blew my mind. November 15 in the year 2114. (laughs) 21, that sounds so odd to say 2114. (laughs) Also very, very far away. A 99-year lease is a long, long time. That was a decision made by the Northern Territory government. A spokesman said it was about getting off the teat of Canberra. There's an image. (laughs) It really is an image (laughs) for for your weekend. Um, Yeah, so that deal was a good one for the Territory. The price tag was more than $500 million. And you've got to remember that things were a little bit different. I don't know that they would do that deal today, given all the issues we've got with China. But at that time, just a year before that port deal was finalised, Xi Jinping, China's president, had been in Canberra giving an address Mm. to the Australian parliament. And we'd also just agreed to a massive trade deal. But the Americans weren't happy about it from the start. And neither were many, many people in Canberra. Still, the decision was reviewed by the Foreign Investment Review Board and the Defence Department and they didn't raise any objections. So that lease was signed back in 2015. But in 2021, Defence did do another review for the Morrison government and reports say they, again, found no grounds to overturn the lease. Yeah, and I guess the the thing to note right now and why it's relevant is that the Albanese government also has it under review. Um, The issue is that the plan to do more with America in the top end – Chinese control of that harbour. It's a really critical harbour. It's got an issue if there's going to be greater US military presence there. So it's a thing that keeps coming up in the news. That review is dragging on a bit and reports are saying that the Chinese are getting really anxious about it. Yeah, it's being cited as an irritant to getting our trade relationship back on track. And again, this is all going to be in the news coming up because Natasha Files, who's the current Chief Minister of the Northern Territory, she's going to be travelling to the US to meet with officials about America's defence presence up in her end of the world. Yeah, the reports from this week say she's doing that in early September, so it could be this week. They haven't put a date against that. And you can imagine from her perspective, she's the Labor leader there. Um, There's a Labor government in power in Canada. Canberra, there's jobs, there's investment, there's economic activity. Um, It's good to be on good terms with the people who have the checkbooks. And she's got the location they want. Uh, Hope they keep the crocodiles out of the way. (laughs) Claire, what's coming up in the week ahead? feel like I've never left because I'm saying again, (laughs) first Tuesday of the month, where are we? Yeah, it's a song that you've heard before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, first Tuesday of the month, Reserve Bank Board Day. Uh, Inflation for July uh, brought 
the annual breakdown. We heard that mm. this week to under 5%. So the experts are saying it likely means that there's not going to be an interest rate increase as we get to Tuesday next week, 230 Put it in your diary. Lock it in. Very exciting time. Should be a recurring thing <laughs> in all Squiz's calendars by now. It's also the last decision that Dr. Philip Lowe is going to be making from the front seat. He's handing off to Michelle Bullock in the middle of September. But just while we're on Lowe, he's speaking at an event held by the Annika Foundation this week. Yeah, it's interesting to see that. It's an it's a foundation that's purpose is to generate funding for research into adolescent depression and suicide. Um, Dived into that thinking that's not an obvious sort of Mm. alliance for the Reserve Bank Governor in his last address potentially um, to be featuring at, but it's a very business-orientated audience and he spoke at their event last year and before that and as we know from politicians we've worked for or business leaders, they do get into these causes and into these, you know, and go and do their events. So that's what Philip Lowe is doing. He's done it before and this is where he's doing it again this year. Yeah, that's on Thursday. And then Friday, Claire, this blew my mind, 12 months since the Queen died. It's incredible, isn't it, if you Mm. want to mark your life Life going going by. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It's, It's 12 months since Queen Elizabeth died. There you go. Commonwealth Games already kaput. It didn't take long for it all to fall apart. Within 12 months, the Commonwealth (laughs) Games don't seem to be surviving. So, yeah, no, Mm. they do miss her, that's for sure. Yeah, good old Queen Elizabeth. Bit heavy on the news today. So just on a lighter note, today's World Beard Day and International Bacon Day. I don't know why they don't roll all these up onto Father's Day, which is on Sunday. So if you haven't already done it, run out and buy a card right now. Now that you say it, that is so obvious. World <laughs> Beard Day, International Bacon Day and Father's Day, all within a day of each other. Yeah. Go a, for it. What a what a killer of a weekend. <laughs> On to Squiz Recommends. My recommendation is the long read article in GQ. They did a great feature on Andy Roddick this week. Of course, the US Open has kicked off. He's the last American man to win uh, a US Open and that was 20 years ago. Coming up straight behind him was, of course, Federer, Nadal and Djokovic. Yeah, of course. Okay. Pretty much no one else got a look look in over the last 20 years. But it is a good read, really interesting, even if you're not a tennis fan. Uh, Look at his career, his life since retiring at 30. Uh, He gave away all of his trophies, pretty much. Too traumatic for him? I don't know. He just thought anyone that knows me knows what I did and don't need those. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not into knickknacks and clutter either, so (laughs) maybe... Maybe it's an aesthetic. I'm not entirely sure. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going for Carlos Alcaraz. Oh, Hoping yeah. Hoping he can do it. He's, um. well, one, you're just biased against Djokovic. You've bit, never yeah. been a Djokovic fan. But, yeah, Carlos <laughs> Alcaraz, it's entirely exciting to see someone new yeah. and fresh coming up. Um, for me, I tuned into Prince Harry's new Netflix series mm. that was released this week. It's called Heart of Invictus. It's very emotional. Yeah. Um, it's made by people who have won Oscars for documentaries. So you can imagine it's a really beautifully produced piece. Um, very, very well done. The stories are amazing. It's not all about Harry. He sort of dots with the stories yeah. about Invictus and why he started it and why he's part of it and why it's important. But it's really about the veterans and their journey into Invictus as they come out as veterans and really quite shattered and needing a purpose. So um, one of the stories that really got me, there was a veteran from Ukraine. Um, she was moving into civilian life 
Russia invaded and she's back into the military and trying to manage all of that with PTSD and injuries and, yeah, just incredible. Um, It's released just to put into your news brains um, just ahead of the Invictus Games kicking off in Germany. That's starting on September the 9th. Yeah, so coming up next week. Uh, And just on a a bit of a lighter note to end out our recommendations, Pickles got a good run of conversation in the office this week. Yes. Uh, Turns out they're a whole thing on TikTok. They've always been a whole thing in my life. Love pickles. <laughs> you have a recipe recommendation in Friday Lights for zucchini pickles, mm. which I'm pretty keen to try. I might get my nana. She's the queen yeah. of pickling. You can get someone to do it for you even, even better. better. But we thought we'd throw it out. It made us start to think of uh, retro kind of snacks. And we wanted to hear if anyone has any retro snacks that we haven't heard about for a little while. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, chuck it in the little conversation box. We've had some awesome stuff come out from you guys that are listening from restaurant recommendations fashion stuff. So what is your snack, your retro snack mm. that you haven't thought about for a while? I'd have to think about that. What's Is it pickles for you? Oh, no. I just went, well, pickle adjacent, like cabanossi Ooh. and a cube of cheese on a yeah. chat. I was going to say probably cheesels. Oh, yum. Box of cheesels. You can still get them from the supermarket for a dollar. How good's Friday night, box of cheesels. Yeah, put them Orange on your fingers. fingers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> On to Squiz Press. Now, Claire, we mentioned at the start that the most clicked link in the Squiz Today newsletter was the link to the results of the survey Squizzes did on The Voice and the referendum. Off the back of that, a few other things to note. We're bringing back Ask the Squiz. And when you say we're bringing back Ask the Squiz, you and me are bringing <laughs> back Ask the Squiz. Doing so a not lot only... more podcasts than I thought I was going <laughs> to be no, doing, but I'm on, up for it. Not only have we shoehorned you into <laughs> a Squiz Shortcuts and now Saturday Squiz, you're doing a little mini-series. So. Getting back up to speed. Yeah, real quick. That's pretty exciting. So ask the squiz. If you've been listening to us for a long time, you might remember last year during the federal election, we did a series, you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked squizzes to just email us, um, drop us a line with your questions this time, of course, about the voice or the referendum, uh, any questions that you have about that whole process. Uh, each week, you and I will answer three of them, mm-hmm. whack it out on a Thursday. Yep. And then away we go. Yep. So if you do have questions on the voice, on the referendum, uh, shoot them through to us at hello at thesquiz.com.au. Really looking forward to getting into them. All about helping people feel informed uh, ahead of voting on October 14. So on feeling informed, just to say again, I know we've mentioned it a couple of times, but we've launched a resource centre on our website that brings together all the stuff we're doing on The Voice. It's opinion-free, agenda-free, as always, with what we do at The Squiz. So head to thesquiz.com.au forward slash voice referendum. We'll put that link in your episode notes as well. But uh, yeah, have a read of the stuff there, have a listen and tell your mates about it. Yeah, tell your mates about it is important because our service they showed us that only a handful of us are really having conversations with people, probably because mm. it's difficult. Yeah. Well, some people don't like talking about news like you and I do, Larissa, yeah. <laughs> with their friends. But there is a way that if people need information, they can just come to this space. It's factual. It's agenda-free. It's opinion-free. It's going to be a lot of agendas and opinions mm-hmm. floating around. We don't do that. So it's a really good, safe space to go and find some factual information. I think that is about all for us this week, Claire. So nice to have you here. Thank you for doing this. So good to be back. We will chat again very soon.